Welcome to today's episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Pat Wright. And I'm Keely Heron. Keely, you know what opera we're listening to today? What? What are we listening to? Oh, you know. I know. <laughs> I know. Today we are listening to I Puritani by Vincenzo Bellini. Puritani. Do you know what that means? I do because I Googled it. Okay. It means the Puritans. It does mean the Puritans. And I also know that you selected this opera for us to do. Because on... it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's pilgrim time. It's pumpkins and turkeys and cornucopias and giving thanks for all those delicious foods. I'm afraid I have to pop your cornucopia balloon. Yeah? It's not about the pilgrims. Oh. It is about Puritans. Is that related? Yes. But it's not, this has nothing to do with the United States of America or North America. So these are the Puritans in England. Uh-huh. And people may not be familiar with that, but the Puritans, or maybe you vaguely remember this from your grade school reenactments, the Puritans come to North America when they're trying oh, to. Because the religious freedoms in England are too much. They want something stricter. Did I just make that up? Um, yeah, although I, I'm not sure I would have put it that way. <laughs> the, the religious freedoms are too much. I, I think that there was not, there was an expectation that you would follow a certain kind of religious practice. Mm-hmm. And you're right, they weren't as strict as the Puritans wanted. Mm-hmm. But they were persecuted because they weren't, you know, stepping in line with the uh, Church of England ro- and... royal expectation mm-hmm. for worship. Um, and this is a, this is set in a time... In the, our opera, Ipuritani, is set in 1649. Um, and for those of you uh, familiar with English history at this time, and for those of you not, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is uh, in the midst of the English Civil War. 16 when? 49. 1649. Okay. So mid-17th century. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just as a little backdrop, it was 1630 when the Puritans do come to the United States. I'm saying that because we're Americans, but none of that matters to this story okay. at all, at all. We are strictly in England here. Um, and uh, the Puritans are um, an extreme faction, but a, but a very numerous faction in Parliament for a while, and ultimately their demands for limitation of royal authority. So it's not entirely religious, but it is, it is in part religious. It's, it's like way of life. Yeah, yeah, but it's also they're wanting some political say. And mm. they want, you know, as as is the continuing story in English history, you know, right right from the time uh, King John is forced to sign the Magna Carta centuries earlier, they are trying to limit the power of the king and assert greater power for parliament. And so it is the Puritans who become this big force and and in parliament trying to limit the king and the king actually the king by the way at this point is charles the first okay who we'll talk about in a few minutes but um the king goes along with this uh amazingly because it's it again it's like all these things it's even part of what kicks off the french revolution the king has to call in these assemblies of important people to help raise money and so the king needs to call parliament which he hadn't done for years and years prior um, but then once Parliament gets called, Parliament has some demands of its own. Right. Mm-hmm. And he gives into a lot of those, except he won't give up his army. He won't give up the militia. 
Right. And so these Puritans, they, they also known as roundheads because of the haircuts that were distinctive. Right. Like the pilgrims had in all your elementary school dioramas. So right? the roundheads. Right. I have a really round head. Did you know that? <laughs> I Helmets are a big problem. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, well, we're, there's diversity out there. Um, so uh, the, ultimately, the two sides, the roundheads and the cavaliers, or the Puritans and the royalists. Okay. So, or the parliamentarians versus the royalists might be the easiest way to think about it. Or you could also, um, you know, the, the, the partisans of the Stuarts. And it's going to get too much, monar- you know, Mary Queen of Scots, Stuarts. Yeah, I Queen get Elizabeth. Lost. It's going to get a little complicated if I try to explain all that. And we won't get any opera done, so I'll just skip that. But there's a civil war going on, and we are in the fortress of the Puritans. Okay. And um, they... Do we have a sense of geographically, like, in relation to London? Or... Well, you're going you're gonna to love this. It's, oh, it's in the west of England, mm-hmm. and it is in Plymouth. So okay. that's going to ring some bells in terms mm-hmm. of its relationship. Yeah, because they to... leave Plymouth, England, and then they come to yeah. Plymouth. So it's in Plymouth, which which I'm told is the Massachusetts, right? Plymouth, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's where that's where the, they they established they... their colony. Plymouth yeah, Rock, yeah. But meanwhile, back in Plymouth, England, uh, mm-hmm. in this story, it is 1649. So it's the it's it's you know into early this... 17th century, mid 17th century, so. and. Um, and they are actively talking about, in fact, these first few songs that we hear are kind of martial sounding, and that's because they are soldiers. They're in a fortress. They're trying to uh, win the battles and and make Parliament um, supreme. And ultimately, you know, I, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but since it's well-known, well-trod history, uh, for a period of time, England will cease to have a monarch. And this is the, the period of the English Republic. Oh, see, you're like, oh, yeah, everybody knows that. I mean, <laughs> maybe not. Okay, <laughs> but it's for, it's for a period of time. But it's it's for it, it, that's critical to the story that we're having here. So so we have this important um, historic backdrop mm-hmm. and um, and then we have our individuals. Then we have our people. So we that's hear, the part I like because I can relate to that. Right, right. Well, that that is sort of part of the fun of this sort of thing. You can take opera set in a real historic, dramatic period, but you can overlay that with the drama of yeah, love right. and friendship and family relationships and all that, which is exactly what Bellini does here in E Puritani. Okay, so this opera gets its premiere in 1835 in Paris. At the Teatro Italien, because after all, Bellini is Italian. He gets a commission. He's living in Paris when he composes this. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I cheated a little bit and just read part of, you know, a little bit. Anything else you want to share? Uh, there's a princess involved. I don't know. <laughs> so, Isn't there always? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he made friends with the princess and she helped commission it or something, or I'm not really sure. Well... He um, he doesn't work with his usual librettist, um, the the fellow who had helped him write or had written for the libretto for Norma, for example, another well-known opera of Bellini's. He works with a new guy who drives him crazy, but he actually does good work. <laughs> he does good work. His name is Count Carlo Pepoli, 
He is an emigre. He's Italian as well. Yeah, um, I was going to say with Popoli, it sounds. It's Italian, and uh, and he is a man of liberal ideas. And at this point in time, liberal means freedom. In other words, uh, not so royalist, not so give all the um, uh, prerogatives to the royalty, to the king. So perhaps that's why they wrote about the Puritans, because he wanted to... Perhaps, though I think... Bellini found this subject matter once he was commissioned to write this opera. Hmm. You know, they get commissioned to write the operas when they have no idea what they're going to write about. <laughs> it's not like he writes an opera and then goes around to try to sell it. Right. So somebody's like, hey, Bellini, will you write our, write next, a, fabulous write our opera? next opera for the, yeah. the Théâtre Italien? So he finds, in order, you know, he's thrashing about trying to find subject matter, and he, and he happens on this play that has just been performed six months earlier in Paris called uh, Tête Ronde et Cavaliere. The Roundheads and the Cavaliers. There we go. Which are the two sides? The right. Parliamentarians, the Royalists. Same, nice. Same thing. Yeah. And then he par uh, partners up with Count Carlo. Yes. And they, they write about the Puritans. And they write about the Puritans. In fact, even before Carlo uh, Pepoli got, got to work, Bellini himself had outlined the whole thing um, right down to you know, presenting him with, these are the 39 scenes I want. I've already cut down the characters. I've already Italianized their name because, like, let's get real. English names don't sound pretty when they're sung. Mm -mm. Italian names do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, so, and so he does all Lunch that. meat sounds better in Italian. <laughs> Everything sounds better in Italian. <laughs> True. True story. Well, French is pretty good, but Italian, you know. Even better. Yeah, even better. Even better. So maybe we should listen to some of this. And we'll yeah. Fill in some more later. So do you want to talk anything specifically about kind of what's going on here, Pat? Well, I guess it depends which one. Well, well when, the, when the play opens, um, we have uh, our, our men's chorus is there um, and dawn has broken, mm -hmm. you know, which is an important time. Two arms, two arms. Mm -hmm. okay, it's that martial song. So it's the Warriors of Cromwell. And then there's a song called "A Warriors of Cromwell," which we go ahead and and get to hear. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really setting the scene that that this is who these people are. Okay, shall we listen to that? Yeah, that's. So this is actually this is the chorus, and they're singing about. Uh, um, a party. A party. Mm hmm. Okay, we'll be back. They're partying. You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
Well, they're partying. They're getting ready for a, a festival or a, a, a celebration, I should say, um, because Elvira is going to get married soon. And who is Elvira? I'm so glad you asked. Okay. <laughs> 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 Elvira Good. is our leading lady. I believe the part is sung by Maria Callas. Maria Callas in this in this uh, production, which was originally recorded at La Scala in Milano. Oh, how lovely! How lovely! A famous uh, soprano a- able to do this bel canto style. Yes, so well, which is what um, you know. If you if you hear the name Bellini, I want you all to say bel canto. Bel canto. Very good. You say that so nicely. That's nice Italian version. I love it. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> so they're they're celebrating and getting ready because Elvira is uh, is hoping to be married soon. And who, to whom will she be wed? Well, that's actually a more complicated question than you might think. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> Weird. Well, it is opera. It. It. I mean, <laughs> this is the personal drama I referred to. So there is Ricardo, Richard. Um, who, A.K.A. Richard. Right. And he he is, uh, in fact, underneath us, he is singing with uh, Bruno. Uh, Bruno, who introduced us to mm-hmm. the opera, who welcomed us to the opera. Is Bruno the funny guy? Is he like the funny guy? Or Bruno's not funny, but he's he's not like wrapped up in this. um my heart is dying kind of drama. He's just like, um, we're soldiers. Mm-hmm. We've got a war to fight. Focus, people. He's just straight ahead. Yeah. He's like, let's just get this done. And so Ricardo, who is just, he's beside himself because um, he says, you know, where shall I conceal my dreadful suffering? Um, oh, Elvira, Elvira. He loves her so much, but but he does. He feels that she does not return his love. If Elvira, in fact, has been promised to him by her father. Oh, uh, but maybe she's not super into him. Yeah, that happens. In it does. Lots of yeah, lots of art. Mm-hmm. Lots of art. So, and probably in life too. At a certain point in time, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Here, I'm going <laughs> to trade you for some cattle. That whole arranged marriage thing. Um, Sometimes it works out really well. Uh, that's true. I, I am. It depends. I'm familiar with that, actually. Not in my own case, but in other folks. <laughs> But but Ricardo is just lamenting, and Bruno is just like, "Buddy, get it under control. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. We've got we've got work to do here." Um, but Ricardo doesn't want to hear that, and then he he will have this wonderful aria: "Ah, oh, forever I have lost you, flower of love, oh my hope. From now on, life for me will be filled with sorrow." Um, Bruno's like, your squadron's calling you. They need you to lead them now. So wait, I thought he was supposed to get married to her, and uh-huh. he's saying my flower of love is gone. Because he knows that she knows that she doesn't love she's him. She's cold to him. She doesn't right. She doesn't love him. Mm-hmm. She doesn't love him. And, and perhaps it's because she's in love with someone else. Oh, who else might she be in love with? Stay tuned. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Well, that'll it'll come very soon. But I just love this bit. Where Ricardo's like, oh, I can't think of fighting. And Bruno's like, does your heart not burn for the fatherland and for honor, he asks? Um, and he's like, yeah, no, I'm not really thinking about that. I'm, I'm thinking about my love. Okay, we cut to the next scene and we will have Elvira is introduced to us. Or we see, uh, she, we've seen her before, but she, she really gets a piece here with her uncle. 
Giorgio. Or, if you don't mind, I would like to just call him Uncle George. Uncle George? For the remainder of this conversation. Yeah, we can do. (laughs) Because I love that. So, yeah, her father is the leader, Mm -hmm. which seems to happen with a lot of these operas. Well, it's very convenient. To have the father be the the guy in charge. Mm -hmm. Um, The head pilgrim in charge, the head roundhead. He's the head roundhead at this fortress in Plymouth. And um, Giorgio is brother of her father, her uncle, but it's actually lovely. The song she's going to sing with Giorgio is called Oh, Beloved Uncle, My Second Father. And it's a very sweet, sweet, tender song. Aww. It is. It's very sweet. In fact, let's listen to it, and then we'll talk a little bit about what they so said. So he, he might be a funkle, like the fun uncle. <laughs> he's, he's a good guy to have in your corner. As opposed to the drunkle, which is the drunk uncle. <laughs> yes. No. As far as I can tell, he's not drunk here. <laughs> All right, so we are going to listen to Uncle George and Elvira singing. Well, she's going to sing to him, and it's like a duet, right? Yeah, they'll they'll be both singing. Oh, amato mio, o mio secondo padre, right? Oh, beloved uncle, my second father. Yes. And so this is Elvira and Uncle George in I Puritani by Bellini on Opera for Everyone on 89.1.
you're listening to Bellini's E Puritani on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. If you've just tuned in, I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And today on Opera for Everyone, Elvira and Giorgio have just sung a duet about uh, how much she loves him. He's like a second father to her, her Uncle George. Yes, and he's actually a much more sympathetic figure than her own father. Um, Uncle George. We love Uncle George. Um, And Uncle George understands that she's suffering because just as we heard earlier where Ricardo is lamenting the fact that Elvira doesn't Doesn't seem... Doesn't really that into him. Yeah, he loves her dearly, Mm -hmm. Ricardo, but he doesn't... He he feels... He's not feeling it. She's not returning that love, Mm -hmm. even though he has been promised. So he's trying to figure out ways to make her love him. That always works. Cookies help. <laughs> Why didn't he know to try that? <laughs> I've always found cookies to be very effective in winning people over. Wow. Sometimes gluten-free. You have to you have to know your audience. You do always have to know your audience. <laughs> so Giorgio, Uncle George, um, is very sympathetic to her. And, and he says, I've watched over you. And the beating of my fatherly heart feels for you. Um, and so, my beloved daughter, today you shall be a bride, he says to her. And she's like, haven't you been listening? I'm really upset about this whole marriage thing. He goes, you'll get over it. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I I know. I know what you're feeling. I get it. So, so wait, is this? Is wait, this... Let, just listen. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tell me. He says, I've taken it upon myself to speak to your father. And I've told him to release you from the obligation to marry Ricardo so that you can marry the man you really love. <gasps> and that is Arturo. Arturo. Sir Arthur Talbot. But because we're Italian now, we call him Arturo. It's amazing how much better it sounds. Always, always. And so she just sort of just about bursts with yeah. relief, happiness, gratitude. Yeah. Dear Uncle George. Wow. He gets it. So so her dad agreed. He talked he talked the father into it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't happen on stage, but he explains that he's he's done it. Okay. Yeah. And he says, Weep, O oh daughter, weep, weep, tears of happiness. May every torment be cancelled by these tears of love. And thou, O oh merciful God, look down on innocence in human guise. From heaven bless this lily of purity. Wow. He's very fatherly towards her, much warmer than her own father, although her her own father did relent and say, well, I will, you know, take back that promise, which I is not a big deal. I wonder if Ricardo has, like, really bad breath or something. Um, it's not clear. I, not, they don't talk about it. They don't really, but, you know, it's like nothing's going to be right about him if she's actually in love with another man. True. So really soon we're going to see the... Um, the entrance of this Arturo that we've been hearing about. So let's let's see if we could listen to the story. There's a song here. Ad Arturo Honore. All honor to Arturo. All honor to Arturo.
So picture the scene. This is the, the assemblage of the castle uh, greeting Arturo. Now, there's a little bit of opera magic going on here because Arturo, in fact, is not one of them. He's not part of this He's not a fighting force. He's not a Puritan. He's a Catholic. Oh. He's a royalist. He's not a giant panda, though. He is not a giant panda. He's a man. But, like, in this scene, by the way, in, in most productions, he... He gets to enter on a beautiful horse, right? Oh, so really? he looks majestic. He looks, he looks, you know, he looks good. You Regal. Can s- you can see why, why she, she fell in him. love with him. Okay, so here's a question. Does he know her? Oh, yeah. They're in love with each other. Okay, so he loves her too. Yes, okay, yes. Good. So that's so a this fair question. Isn't, okay, so it's not going to be like she calls off the wedding with Ricardo because she's in love with Arturo, but then Arturo's no. like, yeah, I'm in love with... Genevieve over here or whatever. Oh, no. Oh, no. In fact, once he... And he's greeted because he's he's a fabulous He's like the high school guy. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... I mean, it's a little... It's a little funny. <coughs> but um, thanks to Uncle George having smoothed the way, mm-hmm. he gets welcomed. And, uh, and Arturo begins to sing to... Shortly after this part we're listening to now. This is... They're all just excited to see him in the background here. But he will sing to her, to you, oh, beloved... Um, I, I love you so much, and she's, she sings, oh, contentment. He sings, oh, my beloved, I am yours. Yes, I am yours as well. <laughs> and, and then uh, the two brothers, her father and Uncle George, sing, may this, dawn, may this dawn without sunset never bring your shadows or pain, you shadows or pain. May the flame be sacred within you and peace ever lighten your heart. So they're all, like, excited. These two wonderful young people are going to get married. They're both thrilled with each other and everything is good and the opera's over no i'm kidding no <laughs> of i was gonna not. say no there, no it's not i i even know that Pat, i know no. don't know much oh there's got to be some trouble doesn't there have to be some trouble yes <laughs> well uh, there's gonna be some mustachioed people isn't there there'll be disguises that are utterly unbelievable well, unbelievable okay how did you know Seriously, I was just kidding. Well, it's not mustaches, but yes, utterly unbelievable disguises. That's like you almost can't have an opera without (laughs) an unconvincing disguise. Yeah. Like here, I'm just going to change my shirt and you're not going to have any idea who I am. Okay. Actually, this one is slightly better than most, but but we're not there yet. Okay. All right. But you know your operas. This sounds pretty. I think that's the love song with the two. Can we listen to that? Of course. All right. So what is this? This is, uh... I think this is where he's singing to Elvira. Ate ocara amor talora. Yes, It's yes, like, uh, to you, O oh beloved. That's right. So this is uh, Arturo and Elvira in Bellini's Ipuritani on opera for everyone.
All right. So Arturo loves Elvira. Elvira loves Arturo. And um, I, I really love that song. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And, and it all is going well because father has consented to let them marry, which is, it's kind of a big deal because he has to uh, take back the promise to Ricardo. Right. That he could marry his daughter. And, and also, um, Arturo's not a roundhead. He's not a roundhead. And in fact, um, the next song will be the one the where... But he's not a royalist either, is he? Well, not obviously so yet. Because he's a Catholic, and one would think that a Catholic wouldn't necessarily be a royalist. Um, no. No? No. Can I explain that later, though? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be. Let me let me just let you know a little more plot here. Okay. Um, and then I can explain that later. It'll it'll be easier, I think. Um, so so the father says, uh, Valton says, let the solemn ritual be celebrated without me. Is what he tells Arturo. And the he head says, roundhead says that. Yeah, the father of the, the bride father. says, I can't be around for the wedding. I've got you know. I got this thing to do. I got this whole war thing I'm working on. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he says, however. Please, son, take this document, and he, he hands him a, a document, and you will have safe passage across the land to go to the chapel for your wedding. So he has documents granting him safe passage, you know, like this is the steel of, seal of approval by Valton, the head of the Roundheads mm-hmm. uh, in this region. And, um, and then he turns to George, his uncle George, you will accompany them, he says, and then he turns to this woman who's sort of standing there. Just loitering. And he says, oh, noble lady, the sovereign parliament of England has called you before it. I shall be your escort. So that's what Valton is going to go do in his war efforts, is there's a woman who's a prisoner who has to be transported to parliament to be tried. Oh. Because, and he explains, she appears to be passing messages in support of the enemy. Mm. So, okay. So she's a roundhead? No, definitely not. No, she's not. So she's a... She's working against the roundheads. I mean, all we know at this point is that she is uh, passing messages for the royalists. To to whom? Letting them know. I mean, I don't know what the messages are. Other different... Yeah, she's she's probably... I imagine she was conveying information about what the Puritans were doing. I see. See, I, I misunderstood. I thought maybe she was like a she was a roundhead that was a spy, but she's not. She's not. No, they've captured her. Gotcha. And she's going to be pulled in front of Parliament to. Um... Oh, and by the way, mm-hmm. the other piece of the history I'm not sure we articulated earlier mm-hmm. worth doing at this point. The reason why she's being called in front of Parliament, and we don't really have to worry about the king anymore, even though there's a royalist faction. The king has been uh, found guilty of treason by Parliament. Really? Yes. The king is found guilty of treason, and not only is he found guilty of treason, he's executed. Shut up. By Parliament. That's Charles I. Yes. Wow, that's a pretty big deal. It's a huge deal. Well, this is why I'm saying this is the period of time when... There's all kinds of stuff going on. They didn't have a king for a while. England, they were in they're not a monarchy. They're right. a republic because, right. because Parliament is ruling. And there is no king because the king has been executed. Now, it's not like all the king's supporters suddenly, you know, dried up and blew away. Mm. 
that's why there's a civil war going on. Mm-hmm. And the head of, of parliament at this point, Oliver Cromwell. Now, and I can, I can, I could just, I'll give a glimpse of the future and you can read up on the history on your own if you want to, but Cromwell doesn't remain a parliamentarian forever. He becomes Lord Protector, a lot more of an autocrat for a period of time. And that will precede the restoration of the monarchy, which we all know is coming in England because we still have we a still monarch. We still have it. <laughs> so, but it's, it's not that long. But you need to know that the king has been executed. Because it's a plot point. Okay. <laughs> all right. Meanwhile, um, all this is going on, and um, Arturo has an opportunity to speak briefly with this woman prisoner who's going to be transported. Enrichetta. Henrietta. Henrietta in English, mm-hmm. or in fact, Henrietta Maria. Henrietta Maria. Um, she now... If you know your English history, that's ringing off all kinds of bells for you. But um, <laughs> I got nothing. You got, got no bells. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Thanks. So, so Artur has a chance to speak to her briefly, and he realizes that this woman, Henrietta, is the widow of King Charles I. She's the queen. How did she end up in Plymouth? We don't know. She's unexplained. It, yeah, just she's doesn't there. matter. She was there. She's got captured, and they just think she's aiding their cause. They don't realize she's the queen, and so when Arturo sees who this realizes who it is, his um, chivalrous instincts just overflow. Cause so what does he have to do? Bow and save her. Bend the knee. He's got to save her. She's a damsel in distress. She's his queen. And so he decides he's going to need to save her. Okay. Meanwhile, our very happy young woman, Elvira, is getting ready for her wedding. And she doesn't know that Arturo's like, "Uh, that's the queen. Uh, I gotta save her. Nope. She doesn't know any of this. <clears throat> okay. She doesn't know it. And then she sings this lovely song, which is a much admired song in this opera. Um, about it's uh I'm a pretty maid dressed for her wedding. That's a really lame translation, but I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> no, I mean you didn't translate it, but yeah, it's like it's it sounds so much better in Italian. Okay, well, son, give it to us. Son Vergine Fezzoza. Yes. That had a little bit of Russian accent. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a pretty maid getting ready for my wedding. It makes me think of that one from uh, West Side Story. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. <laughs> so this is Maria Callas as Elvira in Bellini's Ipoditani on Opera for Everyone.
Well, you hear, heard a few more voices than just Elvira's there, didn't you? I was just so overwhelmed by how pretty she sounded. She is lovely. She is lovely. It's a lovely song. Um, so who else was there? Well, we have uh, other people showing up. She's getting ready for her wedding. And um, I can't entirely explain why this is true, but we've got Arturo's there, Giorgio's there, Uncle George, Henrietta is there. The queen. Yeah. And, um, and but she's... nobody else knows she's a queen, only Arturo. No, but they do. They just know that she's uh, being brought, the brought enemy. to parliament, you know, so she can be put on trial. Um, so why she's in this scene, I'm I'm at a loss to explain. Maybe she's got a good <laughs> costume and they wanted to show it off. Well, at any rate, the um, Elvira's happiness, she's dancing around having a lovely time and she's playing around with her bridal veil and at one point she just playfully tosses it onto Henrietta. And Arturo looks at Henrietta and says, Oh, this is clearly a gift from heaven. Thus concealed, that's the disguise I was referring to, thus concealed, you will deceive the vigilant sentry. That veil, the vigilant sentry, will not figure it out. And you will appear to be my bride. Come uh, with me. Uh, so remember, Arturo has those letters. Papers to guarantee safe passage. passage. Right. And so he's with a woman in a bridal veil. Right. And he's going to get married. Elvira is not going to be pleased. Oh, that is the understatement of the year. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> She's like, that's my veil. No, Elvira doesn't realize what's going on. And so Arturo and Henrietta sneak out with her disguise with his veil over her head. Um, he's doing some like short term thinking. Or does he think that, like, by or returning... arguably, he's doing much longer-term thinking because thinking he's like trying to help the, the royalist cause. Right. So he's thinking not on a personal level, but he's thinking on a patriotic level. And now his patriotism is different from the patriotism of the other characters, but this is his patriotism. So he's protecting his queen, helping her to escape. Why was he going to marry Elvira if he was loyal to the queen and she's the daughter of the chief roundhead who doesn't like the queen unclear i you know they fell in love what can i tell you okay and the father said okay love is a form of madness he's like yeah okay, i know this is this is this opera as other bellinis do get a little criticism for being plot, inconsistent plot plausibility yeah right okay but just go with it okay we're going with it go with it i'm on board go with it okay so who do they run into as they are departing who do they not want to run into uh, Ricardo. Oh, the old lover. Yeah, the the grumpy guy. In mm -hmm. fact, he's like, stop. In vain you mean to take from me all that I hold dear on earth. I challenge you to mortal combat right here, right now. So he sees the woman in the veil, doesn't bother to check and see if Oh, it's... he thinks it's Elvira, of course, because right. she's in a veil, a she's bridal veil. She's totally and completely disguised. Right, right. And... Arturo's like not going to be intimidated. Arturo says, oh, brazen one, I accept your deadly offer. Bring it, basically, is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're going to throw down. Yeah, no, exactly. And and Henrietta, at this point, they, you know, uh, Ricardo still thinks she's Elvira. Henrietta's like, stop, peace, both of you. Don't spill blood for me. And um, Arturo realizes what Henrietta is about to do and Henrietta pulls off the veil 
Right. So that Ricardo will not kill Arturo because she's not actually Alvira, the woman he loves. And he's confused and then goes, oh, the prisoner? And she's like, yep, that's me. And um, Ricardo, like, you can see the wheels turning in his brain. He goes, uh... okay, you guys just go. Just get out of here. Now, unlike what Arturo was doing, where he's putting love of country above, above personal, Ricardo's doing the opposite. Right. Ricardo's putting his personal interests mm-hmm. above his patriotic interests. So he's so thinking, like, sure, if Arturo you guys leaves, go, maybe I got a shot at this. So like, if Arturo runs off with another woman, I'll be left to console Elvira. Right. And that'll work out nicely for me. Does it? going to have to hang in to find out. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you yet. So so what are we going to listen to next? So they leave. I think next we're going to listen to a song called Where is Arturo? And who is most interested to know where is Arturo? Probably Elvira. Probably Elvira. Yeah. So let's listen to Elvira's song Where is Arturo? Dove Autor, I believe. Yeah. I think we can probably find that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah, Let me she, give it a shot. She wants to know, Arturo, where are you? By the way, you know, she's essentially been left at the altar. Like, she's ready. She's dressed for her wedding. No groom. That'd suck. Yeah. All right. So this is Elvira going, where's Arturo? In Bellini's Ipuritani on Opera for Everyone.
So we actually have a, quite a lot going on here in Ipuritani. Elvira has been left at the altar. Arturo's missing. Arturo's missing. Ricardo let him go with the Queen of England, George's, yes. no, Charles I's widow. That's right. They're leaving Plymouth. They're going back to London to go to Parliament. No, he's not going to take her to Parliament. Don't be ridiculous. He's Well, that's where they at first they were going to go, but yeah. yeah. So now where are they going to go? They're going to go back to London. He's going to just find a safe place to ditch her. Again, not explained in the opera. He's he's rescuing her. Uh, and and so he's rescued her and the you hear the chorus coming in here. They are all of them, including some of our named characters figuring out that Arturo's gone. And, oh my goodness, the prisoner is gone as well. How could he do this? How could he steal? Like, this man we embraced, in spite of any reservations we might have had, has betrayed us. And they're they're angry, yeah. all of them. Um, and they, they are, you know, Ricardo, Giorgio, Bruno, Walter... All say, soldiers, hasten, let the cannon thunder, I give the call to arms. And they're going, you know, drag those two traitors back by the hair. You know, so they're... Do we know what they're... I mean, they're obviously not in a car, because it's sort of 16-something. Are no. they on horses? I, I Walking? Not, yeah. Not clear? A, Scooters? A, probably a, a cart or a, a horse or a... <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? I'm not sure how the roads would take a Vespa. <laughs> so they're like, you know, they're traveling. Yes, yes. Um, and and so there's just all this drama about the fact that he's gotten away. And meanwhile, we turn and we see Elvira. She does not look well. Um, She ha is losing it, like literally losing it losing her mind this this shock this disappointment this heartbreak undoes her Poor undoes her. she's she's losing her grip on reality and everyone's attention and concern shifts from you know let's go get those traitors to oh no elvira you know she is she is so devastated she may die in sorrow and then Elvira hallucinates. Oh, Arturo, have you returned? Come to me, come to me, come to the chapel. Let's get married. And everyone around is just like, this is the saddest thing I have well, ever seen. Well, that was seen. a pretty quick decline. Oh, yeah. It it completely, yes. Undoes her. It completely undoes her. Yeah, she will. Yeah, the, the quick thing will, will happen again later, actually. But everyone's just really feeling for her, and they are so sad. And we spend a lot of time singing about how sad I am, how sad they are for her. You know, everybody's sad. It's just sad, sad, sad. Just a bunch of Debbie Downers. <laughs> heartbreak, heartbreak. And that's how Act 1 ends. Um, yes, because there is another song, but it's really the same deal. Um, she's going to sing, um, Oh Cruel One, How Could You Abandon Your Love? And the ladies and gentlemen of the castle can, you know, dire misfortune, mourning and sorrow, and on and on and on, you know. And they do remember that they want vengeance, um, but it's just, it's just heartbreaking how deeply this goes in. And in fact, when we, I'll listen to that. So end. yeah, so that's the end of Act of Act One. Yeah, and we can even tell you just a little bit, just a little teaser before we have to go to break. 
for Act Two. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? We're going to have some more lamenting about the mental state of Elvira. <laughs> the, the ladies, and you know, in case you'd forgotten during the break between Act One and Act Two, the ladies and gentlemen of the castle are going to say, ah, sorrow, terror, terror, have pity. Her eyes are weeping. Her heart is breaking. This suffering girl will die of love. So kind. another song, different song, but more of the same sentiment. There's a lot of like teeth gnashing and hand wringing and sadness in this. It's high drama. It's high drama, but it is beautiful music. Oh, in fact, here I can tell you this right now. Bellini said he put extra, extra effort into this opera to make it especially beautiful because his uh, Donizetti, his, um, you know, the one who wrote Anna Bolena and um, Lucia de Lamamor, um, he was putting on a show at the very same time. Oh, so is it? He didn't want to be bested by Donizetti. So he put extra effort. In fact, he wrote to his uncle that he had given um, extra time and effort so that he wouldn't, because Donizetti was a tiny bit older than he was. Mm -hmm. Not a lot, but um, really Paris could only have one person uh, at the top. At the top. Yeah. And in fact, well, you know Donizetti's very famous opera, Marino Falerio. No. Yeah, no. See, no, you don't. No, I don't. You, you know why you don't? I Puritani. Really? Yeah, he really tried that hard that he kind of wiped that opera off the mat. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Chalking that one up in the wind column. <laughs> yeah, so he he succeeded. He was able to, and the same thing happened in London. The two were performed at the same time, and everybody loved Di Puritani. And now, I mean, in the end, Donizetti in some ways has the laugh laugh, because sadly, Bellini died at age 33, but and Donizetti lived longer. So um, so we have to wait to act two to find out the rest of Di Puritani. Yes. So you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and stay tuned for the second act of Ipuritani. Welcome back to the second act of Bellini's E Puritani on Opera for Everyone on 891KHOL. If you're just tuning in, I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And today we are listening to E Puritani, and we're just about to start Act Two. And do you want, should we do Opera Helmet time? Put your Opera Helmet on, Keely. Put your Opera Helmet on. Okay, so. This is what's happened. Uh, we're set in sort of 1649-ish in England, in Plymouth, which is in the west well done. part of England. And we are with the Puritans 
also known as the Roundheads, and they are parliamentarians. They are not royalists, so they believe in a more uh, limited power for the for the monarchy as opposed to uh, the people who are elected or appointed. The yeah, the the representatives of the people, but. Yeah. But it's it's gone beyond just a belief in limiting the king's power, hasn't it? Yeah, because they actually killed Charles I. Having convicted him of treason. And so now we're entering an era of um, not a monarchy, but a republic. And uh, a brief period in, in, in England's history. And um, in this particular opera, we are introduced to um, Walter, who is the head of the uh this particular sect i guess of puritans well yeah of this uh regiment regiment yeah. regiment and uh, his daughter elvira who in this uh edition is played by maria callas and uh she was betrothed to ricardo who she wasn't that into uh until her uncle george the funkle uh <laughs> intervened on her behalf and said hey walter Elvira isn't totally not into Ricardo. Maybe you should not make her marry him. And so Walter was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, so then instead she was going to marry Arturo. Who she's was, desperately in love with him. She's desperately in love with him. And she he was desperately in love with her. Even though he wasn't a Puritan, he was a Catholic. Her father relented and said, okay, you can marry this guy. But I can't come to the wedding because I got to take this prisoner back and then and then oh also here's some papers to guarantee you safe passage for you to cross the country and get married wherever it is that that's going to happen and so while uh walter is telling this to arthur he discovers that the prisoner is in fact queen henrietta who is the widow of the, the recently king. slain charles the first and he decides that he is going to save her and liberate her from being a prisoner somehow and comes upon the very convenient disguise of Elvira's veil after she's throwing it around in glee and uh, lands on Elvira or on Henrietta's head and then he's like that's the disguise I need so they're fleeing and then the first guy Richard Ricardo who was supposed to marry Elvira catches them and he's like what are you doing with this prisoner Da, 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 or with my bride because she's wearing the veil and then Henrietta the queen says oh I don't want you to kill this guy who's saving me so I'm going to take my veil off and reveal that I'm not your bride and then Richard's like alright well you two both skedaddle because then maybe <laughs> I've got a chance with Elvira that's right and Arturo is leaving and then Elvira loses her mind and scene right because she's been left at the altar mm -hmm. and after all she didn't think she was going to get him. And then Uncle George comes through. It's been a busy day. She's 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 lost her mind. And the first couple of songs are all about how pitiful and sad she is and how everyone in the castle is distraught on her behalf. But um, and, and she's she's distraught because she's been left at the altar. And it's also gone about that he's gone off with another woman. And that doesn't make any sense to her because she she really thought she knew that that he was well and he did except for he felt that the love of country superseded the love of romantic love well that's right that's right and we have news so what comes to the castle would you like to hear the news but first before we how okay. did i do on the opera helmet oh you get i don't even know how we denominate these but you get well, the five top. helmets is is top yep that's perfect score five, five, five helmets i get five Gilly. helmets you even got the year right are you did kidding I? me you got the name of the monarch right i mean that was 
that was impressive. All right. Well, you know, when I when it's interesting, I do have the uh, ability to retain information. So. Well, I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have news come to the castle. Ricardo gleefully announces a proclamation, a decree that he has received. Arturo Talbo, better known as Sir Arthur Talbot. Arthur Talbot has been condemned to death by the Sovereign Parliament of England. What? Well, because he's a traitor. He he stole away the prisoner. So how did uh, R- Richard get that information? Oh, you know, the guy delivering the mail handed it to him. So he, even before he absconded with the former queen? No, no, it, we, we're, we're, we're uh, weeks, months oh, after the end of the okay. prior act. Fast forward to Ricardo comes back and says... He's right. a traitor. After setting the scene, reminding us that she stole, still lost her mind and still everyone's lamenting mm-hmm. for her and worried about her. But yes, things have transpired. Parliament has condemned to death mm-hmm. Arturo for his treason. And we we have a little bit of time where we spend talking about patriotism, love of country, on the one hand. And on the other hand, we have the very personal, which is Elvira, having such a difficult time. Oh, give me back my hope. Oh, let me be. And we have Giorgio, again, being very sympathetic to her. Uncle George. Uncle George has gone out of his way to help her. And poor thing, things are just not going her way. And she's just kind of not all there. Mm -hmm. She sings beautifully, lots of emotion, but you can tell she's not... Kind of a disaster. Yeah, she's not really making good sense of things. And now we have Elvira's song, where she sings, Come, Beloved, the Moon is in the Sky. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> All right, so here's Elvira singing Ven Dileto in the Ciel y en Ciel la Luna in Ipuritani by Bellini on Opera for Everyone, 89.1 KHOL.
we have some conversations going on between Uncle George and Ricardo. Mm-hmm. And this is going to bring us to a fabulous duet. With Uncle George and Ricardo? With Uncle George and Ricardo. Really? Yeah, this is actually really, and it's unusual, right? When there's not a tenor to be seen here. This is a bass and a bass baritone. And they have this duet. And you know they don't see eye to eye. Ricardo and Uncle George? Right? Because Uncle George is like, she doesn't love you, dude. Like, get over it. Right. And Ricardo's like, I'm going to win her back. Well, you're going to love the title to this. What? This is called You Must Save Your Rival. All right. So who's his rival? Arturo. Arturo. So George, Uncle George, is telling Ricardo, you must save Arturo. Now, what would the logic be for Ricardo to say? Why would George say, what is the reason he gives to Ricardo why Ricardo needs to save Arturo? Because he loves Elvira and she's lost her mind. And exactly. The only, um, Out of pity for Elvira. And if the only thing that's going to cure it is yeah. more cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> Arturo. Exactly. You well done. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. That's his that's his argument that, you know, you can't if you need to save him because if you don't save him, she'll die. You've basically condemned her as well. Right. And no one wants that. And Ricardo is not not on board right away, needless to say. In fact, he says if he's incurred the extreme penalty, it was the will of Parliament. The strength of the rebels will be subdued through Arturo. By the way, they're calling the royalists rebels. He says he's just got to perish. He's He's been justly condemned. He yeah. was a traitor. Yeah. But Ricardo's George, like, this is not my problem. Giorgio says, but you've got to think. If you make him a victim, you've got two victims. And Elvira is the other one. And if they die, those ghosts will haunt you forever. So he's trying every angle he can. And ultimately, Ricardo relents. He says, your tears have conquered me. See, my eyes are brimming. And they both will, they sing. We're going to hear this all beautiful, but I want you to know what they're singing about. But however, they say, of course, if Arturo shows up armed to attack us, all bets are off. I mean, he's got to go. If he's going to actually come, if he's going to come back for Elvira, that's one thing. But if he's going to come and attack us. So they do, they do bond over their own patriotism for the cause, but, and they agree on that, but he does get Ricardo to soften a bit on his hatred for Arturo as a way to help save Elvira. It's very high-minded. Well, Uncle George just wants Elvira yeah. to be happy. he's a softie. He's a sweetie. Okay, well, I so should we listen to that? Oh, please, let's do. So we're going to listen to Uncle George and... Ricardo. Ricardo, Sir Richard Forth, singing... You must save your rival. You must save your rival. Il rival salvar today on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
How about those duets? It's not often that you hear no tenors. We have our bass and our bass baritone. Yeah, and they're good guys. Oh, well, mostly jo- that Uncle George, he can he can convince anyone of anything, can't he? He's very pers- and without cookies apparently. Apparently without cookies. He's still persuasive. <laughs> so they they are in fact focusing a little bit on love of Elvira and also they are focusing on love of country. They're both stirring up patriotism in one another. In fact, one of the things that Giorgio says is those who love their country honor compassion, too. Part of trying to convince him to be merciful to Arturo, savior rival. Mm -hmm. George also reaffirms his commitment to the battle. He's not just a big mushball. He's also a patriot. And he says, listen, I, I will kill Arthur if he comes here armed. Love of country is strong. And we we've got a song coming up here called... Let the trumpet sound. Seems like it's an, perhaps a war song. Yes, it is. It is a bit of a martial song. Shall we listen to it? Yes. So this is Suori la tromba y intrepido. On. Yes, he says, and he says, fearlessly, I'll fight with all my strength. It's a fine thing to confront death. Liberty, love of country undaunted, wins blood-stained laurels. Pretty inspiring. Listening to opera for everyone on the 89.1 well. You probably don't even need me to say this, but that is the end of the act. That's the end of act two. End scene. Yes. Yes. 
So they are united in their patriotic dedication. And you're probably wondering what happens in Act 3. There's only three acts in this. so there's... I, d- I don't know what happens in Act 3. I so... know. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we open on a scene in the woods. And who do we see at long last? Arturo. The missing Arturo. Really? Mm-hmm. I guessed right. And Arturo says, I am safe, safe at last. My enemies have failed their blow and have lost my trail. Oh, fatherland, oh, love, oh, powerful names. At every step, my heart leaps in my breast. And why is his heart leaping? Because he's going to be reunited with Elvira? That's what he's hoping for. Now, he he kind of knows it's not going to be smooth sailing. But so wait a second. He's like, <laughs> oh, my heart leaps in my breast. My enemies have failed. Are his enemies Ricardo and Uncle George? Or their, you know, compatriots. But he's going to go back there. Because he loves Elvira. And does he think he's just going to scoop her up in the middle of the night and leave? Well, or? He, he, in fact, will let on later on. He understands that it's a little bit of a, a challenge. Because mm-hmm. it seems to me that anytime someone is alone in the woods <laughs> frolicking about how victorious they are, it's like a Rumpelstiltskin moment where it's going to be his downfall. I'm not going to give it away right yet. Okay. <laughs> so he's in the woods. I'm I'm victorious. I'm victorious. Well, I'm going to be reunited. Let's and let's listen to him sing that. What is that? I'm safe, safe at last. And That's this right. is Bellini's Puritani. If you're just tuning in, and uh, this is the opening of Act Three on eighty nine one KHOL. Let's do this. Listen to some opera.
So Arthur says safe, safe at last, but not entirely not safe. Not for long. Not entirely safe. Um, in fact, uh, very soon we, we hear the men-at-arms. We hear the, uh, the pursuers coming after him. We shall seek. He shall be found. And he's like, oh, no, oh, no. I, uh, I've got to go hide myself. And he also lets us know he's come up with a plan for finding Elvira. Can't walk right into the castle. That would right. be a little little dangerous to him mm-hmm. being under, you know, threat of execution and all. And he says to himself, oh, I used to sing to you in the forest of Elvira. Perhaps if I sing, that will draw you out and you will come and find me. Needless to say, there's a lot of singing to be had yet. <laughs> you look surprised. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to figure out. I thought I heard Elvira singing, but that it that wasn't. There's a little bit of, El- you do hear a little bit of Elvira in the distance. In her madness, she wanders around singing. You know, if I were a soprano, that would be a fun role to play. Oh, I think it is a fun role. I mean, it's a demanding role, as all of uh, Bellini's soprano Just roles are. Just wandering around in the forest. Yeah. Singing. Yeah. So what happens next, Pat? Well, what happens next is the long-awaited reunion. Mm-hmm. So so the, the guys on his trail don't come instantly. Um, and Elvira and Arturo, Arturo are reunited. No, just like wandering around in the middle of the forest. He's literally, it's like a, <laughs> and she's like, oh, I hear him. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Really? Just like that. Oh, how sweetly that voice sank into my heart. She says, oh God, he is as done. It seemed alas, remembrance of vain dreams. Oh, Arturo, where are you? 
he says, I'm at your feet, Elvira. Forgive me. And she's like, what? You're really at my feet? <laughs> and sure enough, he is. And then she kind of comes back to her senses. <gasps> my beloved, is it really you? You not deceiving me now? He says, me? No, never. Uh, and she says, are my sufferings over? Oh, fear not. Your woes are done. Yes, my darling, your woes are done. Love now unites us at last. And she says, oh, Arturo, we'll never part. He says, yes, believe me, we won't part. It's all going to be wonderful. And so, so this is the, the song of reunion. We're going to listen to this one. It is, he has finished, alas. So that was Elvira singing, He has finished at last. Alas. 
and she's upset. She's reconciling with him, um, ultimately, because she does have a chance to, once she comes to her senses, she does have a chance to say, there was this woman you left with? That doesn't seem like an indication of true love. Can you explain that? And he's like, well, yes, I can. I had to save the queen. She's like, what are you talking about? You broke my heart. And he says, oh, please forgive me. She was a poor woman, a prisoner, abandoned. A damsel in distress. Right. I had to save her. I didn't love her. I still only love you. Yes. Yes. Don't get too wigged out. And she says, well, if she wasn't dear to you, why did you go? And he says, you must be joking. You must be joking. She was going to be killed if they if they figured out who she was. I had to save her. And she's, he says, it was the queen. Get that through your head. It was the queen. She's like, oh, okay. My mind now clears like lightning. So you love me, right? She asks him. And he says, of course I do, my darling. Of course I do. Something tells me that there's a song that says how much he loves her. Would you like to hear it? Yes. What is it? It's going to be Come, Come to My Arms. Vieni, vieni, fra questa braccia. Yeah. They love each other. Oh, that sounds like a good one. All right. Well, let's listen to that one. So this is uh, Arturo and Elvira. That's and right. He's saying, come to my arms in Bellini's I Puritani on 89.1 KHOL. Oh, 
That was lovely. Always is. Always is. So it's all going so well. There's got to be something that goes wrong, right? Well, yeah, this is an opera. It's an opera. So uh, what what happens now is uh, the men at arms. The They find him. They find him. And her. And her. And she freaks out. And the, the soldiers are, you know, for England, for Cromwell. And Elvira's like, no, you can't have him. And Arturo's like, calm down. Be still, unhappy girl. Be still, for heaven's sake. I will not leave you. And she's, she's, you know, lamenting in a way only an operatic person can. Let my sorrows stop. Help, help, help. And he says, be silent, my love. Be silent. She's screaming, have pity, have pity. And the, the Puritans en masse descend. And they are so excited to have captured the villain, Arthur. You know, he needs to be executed, right? Mm-hmm. So here we are. She's losing her mind again on stage. Again, it's quite a role for the soprano who plays it, where she gets to be... Sounds exhausting. Yes, I imagine it is. (laughs) Um, And Ricardo and all the men, you know, proclaim loudly and forcefully, Arturo Tabol, Sir Arthur Talbot, you are condemned to death by your country and your God. And the women all swoon and what horror, what horror... So shall we listen to the song now? Yes. And so this is, in Italian, Cavalier il cose il dio. Cavalier, the god who punishes treason, has caught you. Let's listen. You're listening to 89.1 KHOL, and this is Opera for Everyone. Oh, my God. 
and they're they're just freaking out and we're thinking okay so it's opera and this is how opera ends but no what happens next guess what uh ricardo comes to save arturo oh no he's just said you've got to die oh okay because you've been condemned um, the queen comes back well it <laughs> except for the fact there's a little bit of history here but it's like conveniently slotted in at just the right instant it feels a little like this ex machina but uh in fact it is the sound of heralds what ho the heralds bring a message and they bring a message there's a new king no what? i don't know no no new king We're, we've still got the we've still got the republicans okay. in charge but they have triumphed in the war they have become victorious. This is the, the Republicans have. Yes. Yeah, so it's 1649. Ah. They have become victorious. Cromwell's in charge. And Cromwell, like in the nick of time, this message comes through. Cromwell grants pardons, clemency. So the traitors don't have to be executed anymore. Oh, so Arturo and Elvira can be re reunited. So much to everyone's surprise, the lovers are reunited. Aww. And the opera doesn't end in his death. Or even her death. She's sane again, and they get to get married. What a surprise, huh? And that's really how it ends? Yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> I just keep waiting for somebody to pull the rug. I know. I know. But th that is, in fact, how it ends. Because because the, the real victory here was that the Stuarts were defeated. The Royalists were defeated. Remember, we, we spoke earlier about the librettist. Yes, 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 yes. Because he was, uh, he was, a, he was, a, he was liberal. He was liberal, which meant freedom from uh, the king's... Governing bodies, yeah. like non-representative so, democracy. Exactly. Right, yeah. So that is the real drama here. The death is of the monarchy, not of one of our characters. Yeah. Oh, P.S. This was Queen Victoria's favorite opera. That's so weird. E Puritani. Well, of course, you know, she's no Catholic, right? True. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and you know, at, at that at her point and in, in, during her reign, of course, it's a what we would call a constitutional monarchy. You know, these limitations put on royal power that we're quite comfortable with now when we think of the UK in modern times, of course, that was a... Um, that was in progress at that I point. I see. Ah, interesting. So, so she called it Dear Puritani, believe it or not. <laughs> so what? what's the final bit here, Pat? What are we going to go out on? Oh, I think we need to hear the sound of the heralds. That's our final song, you know, the sound of the heralds. What's that? A message? And the message is that the, the war is over and uh, pardons all around. So you've listened to another episode of Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. Thanks for listening Thanks. to Ipuritani by Bellini. <laughs>